Welcome to the first episode of the Common Sense Podcast. I'm Ryan Jennings here with my colleague, Andrew Swanson. Before we introduce our guest and talk a bit more about ourselves, let me give the audience just a little bit more background on why why would a financial planning firm in eastern Iowa create a podcast? So uh, I think at one point, maybe over the last couple of months, we all were sitting in a room thinking, why would we do this? But then it just kind of kept coming back. It kept coming back to us. And the first the first reason was, you know, we have we have a lot of discussions that end up in the hallways in our meetings that we feel that some of our clients and those that would be interested in working with us would would have uh, some benefit from hearing what we talk about. So be it the markets, be it research that we come across, certain topics, certain strategies. Uh, we thought, you know, it'd be nice to be able to capture some of these things in a medium that some of our clients would be able to to benefit from. And, and again, those that would be interested in working with us. So that was really the first the first reason. The second reason was, you know, we wanted our clients in, and again, uh, people People that that hadn't worked with us that were interested in in taking a look at us to learn a little bit more about what Nikolsky Financial is, who are we as people. Uh, we kind of let a, let you in a little bit more to understand who we are as people, and then also uh, just kind of more of a conversation, uh, long form conversational approach. Uh, and then lastly, uh, just to really provide those listeners, uh, you out in the audience land, some value, uh, something to take away about a key area that we spend time with. Uh, be it something in estate planning or, or just the broad financial planning topics, uh, just one of those key takeaways uh, that you can have uh, every time that we put uh, this this show together. So uh, hopefully it's it's helpful for our audience. Obviously, we want all the feedback we can get. Uh, we'll give you our contact information at the end if you don't know where that is already. Uh, with that being said, Andrew, uh, clearly our bios are on our website at nikolskyfinancial.com. Instead of reciting that, just Tell us your main position that you have here at uh, the firm and what you had for breakfast. So breakfast was um, rather disappointing today. Well, I guess banana and Greek yogurt um, with healthy black cherries, which is not my favorite, more of kind of a raspberry, blueberry kind of guy myself. But Mm. all in all, at least I remembered to eat something because it is the most important meal of the day. I'm a financial planner here at Nikolsky Financial. Um, Been working with the firm here over the course of the last six years and um, really spend a lot of my time doing a lot of due diligence on whether there's some uh, individual stocks, uh, exchange traded funds, just components in our clients' portfolios, as well as managing and servicing. Um, our client base and helping them uh, learn and grow and, and get through these trying times and, and stick to their, their long-term plans and, and adapt and adjust as uh, things come up in their personal and professional lives. So, Cool. Cool. Uh, how, how long have you been here? Six years. I think actually my six-year anniversary is maybe in the next week. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Six years. May 14th of 2014. I graduated on a Friday from the University of Northern Iowa um, and came working for Brian at 8 a.m. the next Monday morning. Wow. All wow. my other friends were taking the summer off, waiting to start their big boy jobs, and I just wanted to get <laughs> right into it. Actually, uh, <laughs> another story for another day, maybe my uh, interview with Brian over the phone, but we'll save that for another time. Oh, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, one thing is, is for every year that you have been employed at Nikolsky Financial, equates to one month that I have been here. So 
I have been here since uh, November of 2019. Uh, for those who don't know the story, again, maybe another time, uh, I was lucky to meet uh, the two of you, you and Brian. We basically had a dinner date, blind dinner date, yeah. more or less. We didn't even know it was going down. No, we didn't. We didn't. It, it, uh, it was one of those times that uh, you, you kind of felt like I was supposed to be there and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how I was going to, but it was going to work out. So it was it was really cool. So I guess for breakfast, I had a, a very small apple. I'm very hungry right now. So we'll, we'll get through it. Uh, before we get any further into the episode, uh, let's, let's introduce our guests. So uh, we wouldn't be here without our parents, uh, and we certainly wouldn't be here uh, putting a podcast together without uh, Brian Nikolsky. Brian, welcome, and thanks for being here. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. So uh, the majority of the topic here for the first episode, we are going to spend a lot of time talking with you, Brian, about uh, just your journey to the seat that you sit in right now. Uh, with uh, being the president at Nikolsky Financial. Uh, But before we dive into that topic uh, and that story, I just wanted to open it up for all of us to kind of, you know, obviously acknowledge what's going on with uh, the pandemic. Uh, Clearly, you know, we sit here on on May 8th uh, as the state of Iowa is starting to open. Uh, It's been, I guess, maybe a couple weeks uh, since things have started to open up a little bit more. Um, Some people are for that. Some people are not. Everybody's kind of in a weird space here. But um, how have you guys been, been dealing with this clearly we've been open still but andrew well today marks a huge day when uh my wife found out last night that von mauer was opening the first question she asked was well does that mean tj maxx and home goods are opening too tomorrow i said well i don't know well i guess i know what i'm doing tomorrow then i'm driving around town just chuck the box at every place i can go into so i guess that's where as far as the fear level goes i think that's subsided a little bit but um in our specific situation uh our first child was born in january right before this all went down so kind of was on house arrest in the depths of winter, right? Keep mm-hmm. the young one in. Yep. And then just as the weather starts to get nice, this comes on like a storm. So um, she's felt like she's been on house arrest for pretty much the whole year. So she's mm-hmm. she's anxious to get out there. And I know um, I know we all are very eager to, to cr- try to continue our lives as normal and as they were before all this went down. And yeah. I know part of me is missing having, uh, having March Madness not happen this year but we'll see we'll see what the sports arena look like in the coming months yeah there's definitely a void of sports so maybe they'll all as we've been talking here in the office maybe they'll all coalesce into like a couple months here later in the year yeah we'll see what happens brian what about you yeah so it's it's been a challenge like everybody else our household has um has a senior graduating this year so um we've had to obviously change the approach on what we're going to do and how we're going to celebrate um our oldest son, Mitch, um, actually graduated after the third quarter, so he's officially a college grad, and he's going to be off to uh, Wisconsin-Whitewater uh, studying financial planning himself. And then our younger two, um, oldest son, or middle, excuse me, middle son, Adam, is going to be a freshman uh, in high school, and Ariel's going to be a seventh grader. So they're still continuing their Zoom, um, continuing education through the probably the end of May, I think, what they're going. Wow. And what's been helpful is my wife's a former educator, so she mm-hmm. runs a pretty tight ship at home, <laughs> and it makes it easier for me. But, yeah. I mean, just like every other household, it's it's tough, the monotony, the routine. Yeah. Um, this is just, it's it's unprecedented times, and it's challenging for everybody to, to keep the emotion out of it and, and to just stay focused on the positive and count mm-hmm. your blessings that we're healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think all of us know and have someone that's, you know, in our family – uh, maybe extended family, what have you, that that maybe suffers from something that you know is is certainly could 
could go much worse if they were to to get anything um, from the from the the virus. So yeah, I think we're all kind of reaching that point where we're, we want to we, we're yearning for a sense of normalcy. And um, yeah, I mean, having spring come, I mean, thank goodness it's not November, and we're sitting here about ready to go back into winter. So so yeah, and then from just from a, a business perspective, like I said, we've been meeting with most of our clients from a, a virtual or even conference call or even reschedule. Uh, but you know, I think we we met with a client uh, uh, yesterday and we've, we've, we've kind of heard this from a couple, which, you know, it's, it's, it's a reason to, it's a reason to get out and come and actually uh, maybe their life without the pandemic reflects more of a quarantined lifestyle, if you will. Uh, so being able to have that face-to-face interaction is, uh, is such a, a, such a valuable thing. And so we see that. So uh, anyway, okay, so let's, let's get on to the topic at hand. So Brian, clearly, you know, I've been here for six months, seven months now. Uh, Andrew, you've been here for uh, about to hit six years. Brian, you've been in this business uh, a little bit longer than that. So why don't we, you know, there's a couple different ways we can we can go about this, but uh, why don't you just, you know, was this something that you always wanted to do? Did you always want to yeah. come back home? I want a financial yeah, let services me, let me company. Yeah, the record. Absolutely not. I have no intentions of coming back home. But <laughs> So, yeah, so my intention, um, interesting, it started when I was um, a junior in high school. Okay. I was at a church retreat, and one of the adult chaperones was a pretty high executive at John Deere in the accounting department. And um, I vividly remember... Um, hitting it off pretty well with him and having thinking, wow, that'd be kind of cool. What a job, mm-hmm. what a career, what a wonderful company. Very fortunate in the Quad Cities to have them, to have them here. So he basically said, if you want to go off college, get a nice college degree, study hard, come back, I'll give you a job, work in the John Deere County Department, life set. Mm-hmm. So I went off to college thinking I was going to get a county degree and come back home and and uh, work for John Deere. The only problem is when I got away to college is I hated accounting. <laughs> so minor detail. Minor detail. Where where'd you go to where'd you go to college? Yeah, I ended up at Truman State University down in Kirksville, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Home of Bulldogs. Yep. Funny uh, funny connection. My my parents both went and graduated from uh, the college that Brian attended. So I remember family trips all the way down to Jefferson City, where my grandma still lives, uh, driving past Kirksville, and we'd stop at the one McDonald's there. Yeah. And my parents would reminisce, and all of us, my me and my three brothers, would look at each other and think, "So this is where you went to college? It wasn't. It's not that big of a town, but um, boy, yeah, they they sure loved it, and that's what got them together. So yeah, go Kirksville. So when I was down in Kirksville, I started with accounting, and then I realized, boy, this just wasn't a good fit. They had a Advanced Accounting 1 was kind of the weed-out class, and it mm-hmm. weeded me out. <laughs> and so I ended up looking at uh, finance. And one of my, my buddies from college, who was from Crystal Lake, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, did an internship with this company called IDS up in Chicago the summer before. And he was invited to a kind of an orientation um, after a career fair in Kirksville. Um, in Washington, Iowa, to meet uh, some places. Of all places, middle of nowhere, Iowa. Um, he was invited to some orientation of this IDS company. So um, we drove up from Kirksville to Washington, Iowa uh, to meet with um, IDS to learn what they did. And I tell you, that was a life-changing weekend, uh, to say the least. Hmm. IDS. Um, did that stand for something? Yeah, it was an Investors Diversified Services. That's They're true. out of uh, Minneapolis. Um, they were acquired by American Express. Okay. They became American Express Financial Advisors, and then today, Ameriprise. 
Okay, so you, you know, you've kind of decided that you're not um, interested in accounting. You want to move towards the the financial services game. Um, so what was about what was it about that weekend that really struck you? So one, I realized that um, there were some people that were very successful in the financial planning business, but I really didn't know what financial planning was. Mm-hmm. And so it really got me thinking of, well, what does a degree in finance do? So fast forward to that next summer, um, I kind of went proactive and contacted an insurance agent, a trust officer, a stockbroker, and a financial planner. And I interviewed them and said, okay, well, what do you do and how are they different from each other? Mm-hmm. And so I, I realized I didn't want to do a trust officer. I didn't want to be an insurance salesman. Stockbroker was too stressful. And I thought, you know what, comprehensive financial planning was kind of what I felt was going to be the future back in um, back in 94, that would have been. Wow. Believe it or not. Wow. Early 94. Late 93, early 94. Okay. So you knew like, okay, this is... This is the direction, and so so let's like you probably see the scene in your head, like you're pulling up to this this place where this presentation is. Like, what was it? What was the success? Like, how did you know? Like, okay, something's different about so this. So there was a brand new white Mercedes E320 with um, IDS license plates on it, <laughs> and I thought, you know what, this is uh, this is something a little different than what mm-hmm. I was used to growing up, less affluent in mm-hmm. Rock Island, mm-hmm. and so I thought, wow, that's uh, that's kind of impressive. And when I got in the room, we were actually, ironically, it was um, upstairs. The meeting was held upstairs, and we were actually five minutes late because we sat downstairs. There are two different suites, mm-hmm. like the address half was upstairs and we were downstairs and so I was petrified that we were late and I was I was stressed out figured out that boy he's not gonna want anything to do with us and we can't figure yeah we can't figure anything out so we get into this um this conversation about financial planning and and the interesting thing is we spent very little of the meeting talking about financial planning we talked about personal development and the, the, the day was basically around successful people attract success because of the person they become. Hmm. And that's something that really resonated with me that, wow, it's, it's not about your knowledge. It's about who you become as a person. And if you focus on becoming a better person, mm-hmm. that success will attract. Mm-hmm. And successful people behave a certain way. They think a certain way. And... It was just a different thought process than I'd ever grown up with. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's re- that's really interesting. And I know you and I've talked a lot about Jim Rohn over the last um, couple months, really. Just uh, and, that, and that that wasn't a name that I actually had grown up with. I, di- I didn't know who Jim Rohn was. And you know, I came in a couple of weeks ago, and you dropped off the an audio audio tape or audio book of of uh, what Jim Rohn had done. And I, you know, now that I've listened to that, I can see like how that philosophy has you know translated into your life. And obviously, that was grabbing a hold of you there at that at that seminar too. And so from that perspective so did you have any were had you graduated at that point no no i was still at kirksville okay and ironically after that um weekend in washington come to find out there was an ids representative in kirksville and mm-hmm. i was introduced to him his name is aaron sanas okay and i started doing an internship um like a week or two later wow. with him and so it wasn't um, very glamorous. It was mm-hmm. back when they had paper prospectuses and paper applications, and I filed and 
But I, I started to learn kind of working in an office, what they do and having a conversation mm-hmm. and meeting the right people to where when I graduated, before I graduated actually in um, October of the year before I graduated, May, um, I was offered a job with Aaron. Come, Aaron was going to be promoted, moved back to the Quad, offered to move back to Quad Cities. His boss, um, Joe Ivanovich, the one who did this um, orientation in Washington, mm. he was promoted and moved to the Quad Cities, and they asked me to come work for him, them here. Oh, wow. So I was pretty fortunate early on that my last quarter in college, I had a job offer, and I knew what I was going to do and where I was going to do it, and I was pretty fortunate with that. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's something that not a lot of not a lot of kids get. It's you know, it's trying to scramble it towards the end there, and you had it. So, were you really dedicated that last year of college, or were you? Were well, you... I would have to say, uh, full disclosure, I was a little less focused <laughs> um, on my non-core classes. I had yeah. one. I had a. Th- it was called logic. My last one of the last classes I took, and I still have this day of nightmares. I overslept for this final, and I didn't graduate because of this class. Uh, but it was called logic, and it was the most illogical class I'd ever had in my life. But anyway, it was one of those when you go to a liberal arts school, that's what yep. you get. Yep. And yep. I put it off till my fourth quarter of my senior year of college. I already had a job. Yep. I just needed to graduate. You just needed to get through it. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. So, you know, things kind of coalesced here, and, and so you took the job. Uh, in the Quad Cities to work with Aaron and Joe, um, what did what did what were you doing? What was your what were your you know your responsibilities when you when you first showed up? Yeah, so I started off. Um, I'd get I started off as clerical, basically answering phones at the front desk while I was getting on my licensure, mm-hmm. passing Series Seven, passing the Series Sixty Three, and then started doing the other licensing. And so I was clerical. And then on March 13th of 96, I was appointed as an advisor for American Express Financial Advisors. Um, taking a step back a little bit, in May of 95 when I graduated, that's right about the time they did the name change from IDS and American Express Corporation to American Express Financial Advisors. Okay. So I've actually never worked for IDS except interned technically. So. Okay. Okay. So, and then Ameriprise came late came later came much later yeah okay so was there you know clearly march of 1996 is when you you were you were licensed right is that, is that what you i said? was appointed as an advisor as for a, license okay. with insurance and securities yeah okay so anointed <laughs> yes <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about uh, because i think when when we're thinking of, of financial planning um as as how we see it today yeah. what was financial planning back in 1996. How was that? That's an excellent question. Boy, the industry has evolved tremendously. And what I thought was financial planning um, really is more of what we do today. Uh, But back then, I didn't didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, we had pretty sophisticated software with working with such a large company. And um, at the end of the day, uh, this isn't really a a dig against that, um, that side of the business, but it was really, the intent was to do goal planning with the intent of selling something though, mm. at the end of the day, right? We were product sales, mm-hmm. right? We had district managers that wanted us to sell more product and that's just how that side of the business works. Yeah. And so you did financial planning to sell a product, more insurance and mutual funds and you got commissions and it was a different world back then. 
mm-hmm. where the fee-based industry really didn't take off until about four or five, about four years later. How long did you work for American Express Ameriprise? At, yeah. what, at what point? So 96, you became, you know, uh, you were able to give advice and able to, to do um, what you wanted to, to do. When did you separate? When did you say, hey, you know what? Like this Ameriprise thing, this business, this broker-dealer setup isn't isn't the platform or isn't the approach that I want to be going with. Like what lead us to that transition? Like why was that made? And then when was it? The, the One of the downsides of dealing with a large company is that you have um, managers. Even though we were technically independent contractors and mm-hmm. franchise owners, we had district managers that had created influence. And that if you weren't selling enough product, that's what their override was based upon and Hmm. the production was based upon. So I really got tired of having people tell me you're not doing enough of one thing or another. And then I would ask, well, well, why do I need to do that? And the answer is corporate profit objectives. Hmm. And that just got frustrating instead of, you know what, it's in the client's best interest and Mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do. That really became less of a, an importance. Um, IDS was such a wonderful Midwestern-based values company, been around 100 years at the time, and um, that's really what I wanted to be part of. And then, like it happens very often, you get a large corporation takes them over yep. that have to yep. hit quarterly earnings, that all of a sudden corporate profit objectives become more important. Mm-hmm. So when I started to see that more and more, and then I kind of envisioned and saw other parts of the industry morphing into what I thought was more financial planning, where instead of selling product, basically you give advice, you Mm -hmm. solve problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in, uh, I believe it was 06, when when Ameriprise uh, was created, American Express Financial Advisors was spun off from American Express Corp and became Ameriprise, soon thereafter, um, I opened up Nikolsky Financial. Okay. Okay. So that's the timeline. So you were with American Express, Ameriprise, uh, or American Express for about, was it 10 years? About 11 years. 11 years? Almost 11 years. Okay. Okay. So I think I've always, I've wondered this too, is, is, you know, what led you to start, start your own firm versus... Um, finding another firm that was doing it right and just becoming an employee or at some point did you just say like you know what I don't see anybody doing this the way I want to be doing it so I'm I this is the this is the most intelligent thing I can do yeah start it up so it was a major decision I was boy in 07 I was 35 years old Mm -hmm. had a relatively successful business didn't need to do anything different Mm-hmm. Um, well, wasn't married all that long. And I approached my wife and said, you know what? I think I want to do something different. And she was all aboard. She was all in. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of looked around town and I didn't really see something I liked and wanted. I don't know if it's just because I didn't. In hindsight, that it doesn't exist, but I didn't know at the time. I just maybe didn't have the right questions to ask. So I ended up um, thinking... You know what? I want to. I've never worked for anybody mm-hmm. except my first year as, before I got licensed. I was been an independent contractor. I've been in group practices and team practices, but never really had a, uh, a really an employee. Let's mm-hmm. say 
And I didn't really want to start at age 35, start working for somebody after 11 years of not doing that. Yeah. So yep. I decided to create Nikolsky Financial. I, I took a kind of a baby step in between where I was duly registered with uh, Cambridge Investment Research, used their RIA. And then after about 18 months of that, um, I walked away from seven of my nine licenses hmm. and all that... Um, residual revenue. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that what that means? So when you when you walk away from a license, clearly the only license we have is the series 63. Series 65, excuse yeah. me. Thank you. Series 65. Yeah. And that allows us to be an RIA. Yeah. What does that mean to walk away from series 7, series 63? Yeah, so those are broker dealer licenses. Okay. So if you don't have a broker dealer, which we don't, then you don't need, actually you can't mm -hmm. have those licenses. So I had a Series 7, 63, 65, Series 9, Series 10, 24. I had variable contracts, I had life, health, disability, and I had long-term care. Okay. And all of those except the uh, Series 65 I walked away from. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was a big, big decision. I put a lot of hours on studying. Yeah, now that we've like <laughs> tearing up that diploma, mm -hmm. um, nope, it was fun yeah. while it lasted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was a major decision, and um, I was honestly, if you if you weren't nervous doing it, you didn't understand the magnitude. And mm -hmm. one thing that I will say is I've had a very supportive wife through this, mm -hmm. and through the good times, the bad times of of the business and growing mm -hmm. a business, she's been so supportive and allowed me to take the risk and mm -hmm. um, she was a teacher at the time so mm -hmm. she had an income and had good insurance and we jumped and uh, the rest is history yeah that's awesome yeah I think one thing that we even see with our clients that are small business owners and um, people that that inherently have maybe the ability to take more risk they have that that partner that that sits next to them and says yep I'm here let's do it so that's that's a that's a great story so okay one question I have is that first year. So you, you and Gail said, "Hey, let's do this. Let's let's step out and we'll create Nikolsky Financial." What was that first year like? How like and who did you did you have any employees? Was anybody helping you? Like how how was that? Yeah. So I had uh, one um, office manager slash receptionist. It was just two of us. So it was me and someone else at the time. And that position had quite a bit of turnover mm -hmm. um, over the years. But yeah, it was the two of us that did all the paperwork, all the transition, and it was scary. I, I do remember um, leaving behind a significant number of assets and clients intentionally. And um, I was surprised, uh, I guess at the time I was very surprised that uh, virtually everybody but one came with me that I asked. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, that, uh, that was a pretty pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's great. Re that's great retention, and that's I mean that's clearly doing a lot of things right. Yeah, for the client. Yeah, it it. Mm -hmm. I tell you, it when you take that major leap and you're starting from scratch, or you're used to having a compliance department, you're used to having a manager, you're used to going to these national conferences and bouncing ideas, and then all of a sudden one day you're on an island mm -hmm. by yourself. And so you need to be able to ask some questions and have resources. And luckily enough, I did still retain relationships with American Express, Ameriprise Advisor at the time. 
that I use them as resources and other people in the industry through the Financial Planning Association. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another person that helped me through this transition, uh, Marty Kurtz, who mm-hmm. was, took the jump to an independent yep. uh, fee-only RIA here in the Quad Cities ahead of me. Yep. Um, they run a wonderful firm over there. And so he gave me some really good ideas early on and um, really helped us with some confidence on making mm-hmm. some decisions. I'd love to say every one of those decisions were exceptional, um, but it was uh, it was a challenge getting the software right, getting the systems right, and um, and acknowledging maybe we need to do something different. And I think mm-hmm. one thing I feel pretty good that we do as a company here is we're not afraid to admit, you know what, we need to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. We need to do it better. We can do it better. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not afraid to take the take the risk and spend the money to to make this the best system, the best company that we can make it. Yeah, yeah, and and and. You know, for someone who's been here for six months, that's all I've seen since day one. So, and that was, again, that was one of the, the reasons I saw that opportunity. So it's such a valuable opportunity to, to jump into. So we've been through, you know, kind of your navigation into the industry, where where we were at as you made the jump from Ameriprise, American Express Advisors to Nikolsky Financial. Talk to us about the firm today. Talk to us about, uh, you know, you've got, we've got six people here on staff what do you you know what was the biggest takeaway from that point that first year to now like what was it that you know were you always navigating things like you said you're le- you're learning all these things but what was it the one thing or a couple things that that got you to this point today and then just talk to us a little bit about the firm as it is today the transition from being a solo advisor with one staff person to multiple staff people to the time we hired Andrew as our first advisor here mm-hmm. and um, Andrew coming through the ranks of staff and then deciding he wanted to become licensed mm-hmm. and get a CFP. First got to learn how to staple pieces of paper straight first. So, yeah. <laughs> well, not all of us are uh, able to It was a lot staple. easier to win employee of the month too back then when it was just a couple of us, man. That, that's a whole other podcast that that's, I'd love to tell that story sometime. But so... When we go through the, the this transition of, of growing the business of, well, what do you do next and who do you mm-hmm. hire next? And and Andrew was really started off as not knowing what we were going to do, if I want another advisor, if mm-hmm. he was going to fit. And I tell you, that just kind of fell together. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his work ethic and quite certain he's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> so he's figured this out um, a lot better than I would have ever imagined and has really helped this company take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so then we needed additional staff to support his success. And then we ran into Ryan and we've really expanded the scope of our staff with Amber running the office on the operations side to where now we're looking at probably another advisor um, and probably a couple more clerical people as soon as we get more office space. Mm -hmm. So it's been an evolution. The balance is always smart growth and that we can't grow at the sacrifice of quality for the people that have invested in us, yeah. right? Those who, who believed in us when we were small and starting out, we never, and we have intentionally paused growth mm-hmm. and not hiring the next person because of various things, um, not doing the next phase of growth mm-hmm. because I always wanted to focus on if I were across the table, how would I receive this? Mm-hmm. And 
I never wanted it to be a detrimental thing to a person who believed in us when we were a very small company. Yeah. So it's um, the exciting thing is looking forward is right. So how big do we want to get? Mm-hmm. Right. What does that mean? And I, I honestly have no idea. I, 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 it's a cliche in sports, right? Take it one game at a time, one day at a time. But that really is how it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think it needs to be when you're running a business that there are opportunities that arise. I don't know if we're going to grow through acquisition. Um, I don't know if we're going to go grow through merging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're just going to grow organically. Um, oldest son, Mitch, might come into the business. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but I do know this, that I think the culture we've created is pretty unique here. Yeah. And that's, that's really what I think is our our foundation and regardless of how big we do get or don't get i think we have a unique story if it's meant to be for us to be a large company then we will and if it's not i just want to be i don't necessarily care to be the biggest i just want to be the best and Mm -hmm. provide the quality of advice we want yeah yeah no i i think that that's a, a great kind of a great way to summarize the the conversation here too is and as we get down to to closing the conversation off i think um you know brian when we think through our business relative to the other businesses out there, like what I think one of the things we want to do in this podcast is always give our audience a takeaway, something that they can leave the the podcast and say, yep, I didn't know that. Or now I do. And I, you know, that's nice to know because I, I had no idea. What is, what are, what's the biggest difference between us and, and the other firms out there? Because, you know, obviously Marty and the guys over at the planning center, they're, they're, they're doing it in a good way, just slightly different than us versus those other firms. Like what is that big, what is it, what's the big thing? Yeah. So we, we really started working with physicians here about four years ago and mm-hmm. I was surprised at how underserved really the physician and professional market is here in the Quad Cities to where what we've focused on is solving problems. So if we can solve problems that one, someone else created, maybe mm-hmm. on accident or they just didn't know better mm-hmm. um, just by being busy, whatever. If we could solve a problem that either they don't have the time to fix themselves or the expertise to fix themselves, that's really what has been our niche. Mm-hmm where this is a relationship business. We do comprehensive in nature. Um, Investments is a real small piece of what we do. And it's that differentiation of focusing on three things, goals, beliefs, and values, and how do we create a plan so that they reduce financial stress and they have confidence as they work through their life. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is, I I want to create something that I didn't see in town and we truly do have a different story. And working with physicians now, I'm on call. So it might be yeah. seven o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's one of the reasons we're doing the podcast too, is that people know that that, that message is, they know what the message is. And you know, we'll be releasing a, a new website here in, in the next uh, month or so. And we're, we're trying to get, get our messaging appropriate because we do see that market is, is still underserved. Uh, but like you said, um, making sure that the firm is growing at an appropriate rate uh, that is, is good for us and, and most certainly our clients. So Andrew, anything else? Did we miss anything in the story uh, that Brian just, just gave us? Wow. Um, you know, couple of those stories definitely have heard over the, the few years of, of being here. And, um, no, I think Brian, who really did a, a great comprehensive job of just describing why, why you took the leap to be a true fee-only fiduciary RIA. And, um, man, you, you saw it 
10 years before anybody else did. What was that, back in 93, 94, he started to get the sense of maybe maybe uh, I want to do financial planning, but maybe what I'm hearing right now isn't quite that. Maybe I don't know what it is yet, but that's what I want to do. And, and you made the jump to this business model. Um, I, it, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity of work here um, for as long as I have and right from day one. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like you met some great folks from IDS from day one and um, I'll forever be grateful for that. So it's, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm excited for what the future brings here. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said. So episode one wrapped up. Brian, thank you so much. Yep. Appreciate, thank you appreciate guys. that, appreciate it. Andrew. Um, we'll be back for episode two and hopefully many more. Uh, audience, uh, thanks for tuning in. This Hopefully this has been helpful just to get to to know us better as a firm. Uh, if you have any suggestions for topics, uh, interview guests, et cetera, just send us an email. That's sense at nikolskyfinancial.com, C-E-N-T-S at nikolskyfinancial.com. And certainly subscribe uh, where you get your podcasts uh, so you get notified when the next one comes out. So, again, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Talk soon. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indexes referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Nikolsky Financial is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Nikolsky Financial and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Nikolsky Financial unless a client service agreement is in place.